listening to Raw and Real with your host, CJ Ripka. I'm Dakota Pete, and I approve of this message. This is a journey into sound. What's up, Raw and Real Nation? CJ here, and you're listening to Mile High Radio. Join me each Sunday night at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific, right here, only on Mile High Radio. Thanks for listening to Raw and Real with your host, C.J. Ripka. Now, it is time to play. I know you're going to dig this. 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother... Broadcasting to a worldwide audience since 2014. You're about to experience raw and real. And now, here's your host, C.J. Ripka. I look awfully small on there, by the way. You're just a small girl. I saw you standing next to your sons. You're a tiny girl. <laughs> Oh crap! I guess it's just gonna keep you here. <laughs> it didn't work the way. The wrong button. I'm like, what the hell? This is your I, show. I know, right? Well, that's that's how things go. Sometimes we just kind of, <laughs> boom. Hey, oops. Um, you start scrolling and you try to click something, and there they go. They're just yeah, stop scrolling through Facebook. Come on. I've already messed up once tonight by uh, kicking my guest completely off the show. And I was looking at my phone like, yeah, uh-huh. There's no Chris and there's me. Nice. Hey, well, you're the only one that really matters in this in this situation. Anyway, well, so. right. See, you just know what to say. That's what I've been told. My wife tells me that all the time. She goes, I want to be so mad at you. <laughs> I'm trying to be so mad at you. This is my mad face at you. But uh, sometimes uh, sometimes it doesn't work. I, I, I trip over things. But anyways, hey, folks, thank you for joining us tonight on Raw and Real Live. Tonight, my guest is an amazing woman. I'm, I'm seriously, truly amazing woman. She has done more things over the course of the last two years that I've known her than most people do in an entire lifetime. I have, I have watched from afar for a while because I initially met her on Blab and I want to say it was through Jonathan Tripp or David Vaughn or someone like that. Probably. Two very amazing guys. And I, and we kind of connected a little bit, but not really like solid connection. It was like more of acquaintance thing. I kind of saw what you're doing and then you kind of see what I was doing, but that was about it. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there was that there was one time where you had even commented, and I remember this because after we became friends on Facebook, I was like, I can't believe she's actually wanting to be friends with me on Facebook because she kind of blasted me because I was doing a show with Leland Best, and it was a sixty seconds on Blab thing where people would just come in and they would just we'd give them a topic and they would have sixty seconds just to say whatever's on their mind to try to make people laugh. And you had commented, this is not funny at all. You laughed. <laughs> <laughs> that totally sounds like me. 
And I was like, wow. And then shortly after that, I sent you a friend's request and you, you accepted it. But that was kind of it. That, that was kind of it for quite a while. And then one day out of the blue, I sent a message to you and we kind of chatted a little bit. And then it was gone again. And then out of the blue again, it's like, you sent me a message. And then we started chatting again. And then from that last time that, that you sent that message, we kind of stayed in touch a little bit closer. And which I am so happy that we have because, like I said, I had been watching you since Blab. And then you just disappeared. And then all of a sudden, one day, I see Bonnie Frank is going live. Like, oh, oh, I'm going to watch this. And then it was like, she's back. I've got to have her on the show. So thank you. Thank you very much for uh, dealing or for being so patient and listening to this story. And thank you very much for agreeing to come on the show with me tonight. Well, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. And I didn't disappear, by the way. I was in the process of being very visible on eight different live streaming platforms. You just weren't where I was. <laughs> that's, and that's the problem with, uh, with having so many different places. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, it's, it's impossible anymore to kind of keep up with everything that's going on in the live stream universe. It's, there's, there's platforms that I don't even know about that are coming out and just like I'm sure there's platforms that you haven't heard of that I'm very familiar with this it's just such a broad spectrum with this live streaming thing hey Lynn Jenna Bess has joined us thank you very much we just I just mentioned your husband nice to see you (laughs) so um I'm I'm not very good at going into long drawn out uh well, this person does this, this person does this, because I'll screw it up. That's, just, that's because you know better at what you do than I do. So why don't you actually do the formal introduction? Okay. Wow. I didn't know I was going to be doing that. Okay. So, um, hi, I'm Bonnie Frank. Um, Chris and I met on Blab, uh, the former Blab, um, And uh, I'm a former teacher and college professor. I still teach one course a semester um, at the local university. And actually, I teach my course on live streaming. I created it specifically um, for that university. And um, I live stream full time. I teach people how to do social media and online marketing effectively and efficiently. And um, I know way more people virtually than I will ever meet in person. You think that's so true? So true. Oh man, you know, I look at I look at how many Twitter followers that I have, and I look at how many Instagram followers and Facebook followers, this, that, and the other, and I, I, I scratch my head. I, and after a while, you start to look at that as like, how did I build this niche of a group? Because if you look at your, if you look at the friends that follow you, mm-hmm. for some reason, it's like you you kind of surround yourself with the people either one that you want to be like or two the people that you want to influence it, it seems like those are the two groups that you kind of fall into and well, yeah I mean you you know you hang out with like-minded people because why wouldn't you well right? that, that's what they say is uh, why wouldn't you want to hang out with a better version of yourself um, and uh, to be honest with you that's that is the one thing that I fear the most because too many people saying, yes, that's great. Yes, that's a good idea. Yes, you're the right person to do this. You start getting that mentality of, 
oh, I can do no wrong. I'm the right person for this. But every now and then you meet somebody like yourself who will actually challenge that thought process. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I think thank you. <laughs> no, absolutely thank you. Because here's the thing. You sent me a message the other day. And very, very innocent, very um, just nonchalantly, but it made me think, like, damn, she's right. Why haven't I done this yet? And it was about the monetizing thing. Oh, right. and it, it was such a, you know, it was just, just a one line little thing, you know, or maybe two. And it's like, huh, wow, she's right. Why, why haven't I actually monetized my stream? Now, I do other stuff in the background. I do production and video production and all this stuff. And that's what I use to buy my house. And that was all nice and good, but I'm leaving so much money on the table. And this is something that you specialize in in helping people find that money laying on the table. That's right in front of their nose and pick it up. Yeah. You are leaving a truckload of money on the table. So and that's the nicest way that I can say it. But I have to say, you're in good company with lots of other folks out there. You know, lots of people do whatever they're doing. And even if they're trying really hard to strategically do it, they're leaving money on the table. And my thing is, you know, we're not getting any younger. You're younger than I am, but we're not getting any younger. And there's still only 24 hours in a day. And, and you do have to sleep occasionally and you do have to eat occasionally. And if you've got a family, you want to be with them. And, you know, so then you've got really not very much time in the day, especially if you're building up a side hustle besides your full-time business, right? So you've, it's really tight on time. And my thing is, if you are not making that time become money, then I have no idea why you're doing it. Okay, so now that we've set, we've established the end goal, the, the ending of where we want to be, mm -hmm. let's back up a little bit. I want to start talking a little bit more about your journey, though, because you didn't just come into this space and all of a sudden started helping people make money and all <laughs> yeah. this kind of stuff. You kind of had to figure it out yourself. So let's go back to the beginning. What, what was it about social media and, and live streaming and this whole coaching and consulting realm what was it that really kind of piqued your interest about it? So um, I, I taught for a long time as a full-time teacher. Um, and when um, I thought about possibly retiring from teaching, I at the same time started reading a bunch of blogs. I mean, I would read hundreds of blogs. And, you know, not all of them were Shakespeare. I mean, I don't even know. We don't even know really if he wrote those. But, you know, not all of them were very well written. They just weren't. And so I thought, okay, if they can do this, I can do this. So I started blogging full time and brands would pay me to blog and vlog, make video blogs and post on social media because I, I had a strong following. And um, so I did a great job of that for, you know, two or three years. And then I was sort of scratching my head thinking, okay, so there's something missing here because I'm doing a great job of building up all these other brands, Purina, Maybelline, oh, Hershey's, all sorts of things, great things. But I was building up their brands. And as far as the world was concerned, I had no brand of my own, right? I was a lady blogger at the time. It meant nothing. And so I decided, truly, like the day I decided to leave 
all sorts of teaching and subbing and everything, um, I decided to build up my, to create my own brand. And I started, it was the women in biz at first. And I had the women in biz for 14 months and I was working on it seven days a week, somewhere between eight and 14 hours a day. So that's a lot. And I did not make a penny for 14 straight months because I had no idea what I was doing. None. I'd never taken a business course. I've still never taken a business course. I had no help. I had no support. Um, my husband at the time would come up to my computer every two weeks and tell me yet another thing that I should be doing instead of what I was doing. And I just nodded and smiled and never listened to him and kept on trying. Um, and it wasn't until... Um, actually six days before I hopped on Periscope uh, or six days after I hopped on Periscope that I started making money. Periscope in and of itself was a huge conduit to me making money, but it wouldn't have happened as quickly if I didn't realize who my ideal client avatar was. And that's a, extremely important because even in podcasting, um, I remember back in 2014 when I went podcasting full time, uh, everybody kept saying, you know, you got to, you got to have an avatar. You got to know who your perfect avatar is and speak to those people and they will come to you and be your following and all this kind of good stuff. And I, I never really kind of grasped that whole avatar thing that first year, that entire first year, I was like a fish out of water, even though I'd, I'd been in television, I worked in radio, I still didn't understand because the avatar concept because in radio and television you flip it on if it's interesting you watch it you, you the the studios aren't really all that concerned about their ex, uh, to uh, pinpointing their their demographic yeah they have a demographic they like to hit but they don't niche down so close where you know exactly that one person that perfect listener and that was so huge and and it it took it literally took me being injured and losing my voice for an, almost an entire year before I realized, you know what, I need to understand this podcasting because podcasting, whole different game, whole different story. And then jumping into live streaming, that was like a whole nother change of events. I mean, now it's a completely different. My avatar in, in podcasting was completely different than my avatar in live streaming. Mm. Completely different. Interesting. So that was, that's, that's great that you mentioned that because that's, uh, that's something that a lot of people don't think about. They just want to create something and they don't care really who they're putting it out to. They just want to put it out. Well, and that's exactly what I did. I mean, I, you know, I had taught for a long time. I have my master's plus in education. I put my way through school. I only wanted to teach. That's all I've ever, I'd ever wanted to do um, <clears throat> until Common Core came in. And so everything that I had done, all of my jobs, all of my experiences, all of my efforts had been with teaching. So I didn't have any of this business background. That's why it took me 14 months because I also didn't have a coach. I had no support. Um, I had no money to invest in my business. I mean, I literally started my business from scratch. Zero dollars, zero clients, zero. <laughs> I couldn't have been less than that. And... Um, but when I knew exactly who it was that I was trying to reach, then it, it, then it all, 
it all made sense because everything that came out of my mouth and all of my posts on, on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and my YouTube videos and everything was congruent, was totally aligned with who I was and what I was about and who I was trying to reach because now finally I knew who it was that I was trying to reach. Now, is there a moment in that whole journey, that whole part where you felt like you reached a level of success, but then reality slaps you in the face and it's gone? It doesn't seem like it, maybe it felt like, man, I'm, I'm not going to make it. Yeah, I'm failing here. Um, yeah, for 14 months every day, 10 to 14 hours a day or eight to 14, whatever I said. Yeah. I mean, I, I constantly doubted myself, but I was so, I'm extremely stubborn and that's one of the things we have in common, I think. Um, and you know, I, I mean, I was going to die trying. I was like, okay, for, I'm just, I forget it. I'm, I will, I will succeed or I'm going to die trying. I mean, one or the other was going to happen. And I wasn't going to give up until I did succeed. And last year I tripled my revenue and this year I'm planning to do it again. And you know, it, it, it sometimes is just that simple, but you have to have a strategy. You have to have a very detailed, very specific and measurable business plan in place, or it's not going to happen. Now, if, if someone were to approach you and say, you know, I think I've got a great product or a great brand, but I really want somebody to kind of take a look. How do you start that conversation? So uh, people come to me all the time with things like that. And um, I will, if it's somebody that I've met in person, I'll hand them my business card or I'll give them my cell phone number and say, you know, give me a call. If it's somebody that I meet virtually, which is 99% of the people uh, that I know and that I meet, um, <clears throat> and a hundred percent of my clients have come from live streaming of some sort. Um, and so when that is the case, then I give them a link and I say, okay, sign up for a 20 minute chat. You tell me what you're thinking about. I'll give you some info and, and we'll go from there. And sometimes, um, they won't be a fit. Sometimes what they want is not in my wheelhouse and I will readily recommend other people for that right? If someone wants to start a podcast, I have loads of people to recommend, but I'm not going to be the one to help them do that, right? Um, but if somebody wants to monetize what they're currently doing, or if somebody wants to start an online business or wants to grow an online business, I'm all over that, right? That is, I'm going to recommend myself for that. Um, so that's how it starts. And then sometimes they will work with me one-on-one -on -one for coaching. And other times I will recommend a product program or some other service that I have that would be a better fit for what it is that they want to accomplish. Now with coaching being what it is, um, I've been, I started in a, uh, coaching with personal training and things like that. Um, with coaching being what it is now today, have you seen a dip in coaching or is it something that uh, you think has kind of got a pretty strong uh, uh, livelihood? Uh, there are way too many coaches out there. There are way too many horrible coaches out there. And I'm a coach who has said that from the get-go. I have, and, and I say this all the time, and coaches get very upset that I say this, but it's the God's honest truth as far as I'm concerned. 
I am a coach who has great disdain for many coaches because great because because there are many coaches out there who shouldn't be doing what they're doing. They're just awful at it or they're just so subpar. They might not be awful, but they're just so not worth whatever it is that they're charging. So that's number one. Number two is I readily say that everybody does not need a coach. Yeah. Most coaches will be like, oh, yes, everybody needs a coach because it helps pay their grocery bills, I guess. I would prefer not to say that because I wholeheartedly believe that everybody does not need a coach. Some people do, and some people do at certain times. But to always have a coach means you're never really getting it. Yeah, I I think you're right there because I I actually shut down my coaching when uh, people started asking me for coaching advice in a in an area that I wasn't uh, qualified for. Mm-hmm. When we started talking about personal development stuff like that, if it stayed around health and wellness and fitness, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they started talking about the relationships and stuff like that, I was like, ah, you need a different type of coach if that's the case, either that or a psychiatrist, because some of the stuff that they were asking me about was just just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, I've never really understood that whole concept of everybody needs a coach because I don't believe that everybody does. I mean, hell, I've turned people down just because they're like, well, I need a coach to help me get in shape. I'm like, dude, no, you don't. Just keep doing what you're doing. Or- yeah. You know what you need? You need one app on your phone. Yes. That's what you need. And a mirror. That's what you need. Maybe a scale. I don't know. You, I don't think you really need a scale. <laughs> no, not really a scale. The only scale you should use is the one that you use to weigh your food. That's it. That is all that you need. You don't need to step on a scale to find out how much weight you've lost or how much weight you've gained. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense until you get to that micros where maybe if you're a bodybuilder or a fitness competitor and you're trying to find out what, you know, do I need to lose a couple ounces of water here, shed a little bit of fat here, whatever it is. I mean, that's about the only time. But Right. If you want to get shredded, that's a whole different story, yeah. right? I mean, my sons are athletes. I totally, there, there has been so much protein powder through this house. I cannot even tell you. It was ridiculous. <laughs> you know, uh, I love, yeah. I love hearing those. Ridiculous. Stories. I love hearing those stories because in our, in our teens and twenties, we, we read these magazines and we believe that everything that they're telling us is exactly what we need. We need protein powders. We need creatine. We need BCAAs. We need this. We need that. Blah, blah, blah. We spend a mint on powders and pills and this, that, and the other. And then I got into my 40s, and I, and I quit doing all the supplements. It took me actually that long to figure out, I don't need this shit. I just need to eat <laughs> As soon as I stopped with all the damn supplements, as soon as I quit, I lost weight. I, I got, you know, I filled out better. I looked better. I felt better. I looked younger. I was like, huh. So the stuff that my grandparents did to live to their hundreds, that's what worked. Not all this crap that's scientifically engineered. Right. I, you know, I've lost over 30 pounds by walking and not eating like a truck driver, nothing against truck drivers. I'm not even five, three. I should not be consuming that much food. 
Oh, wow. You probably shouldn't have said that. Folks, you need to go to her page. You need to check this out because <laughs> Bonnie is, like she said, five foot three, but her sons are like six foot Ninety or something. I don't know. They're just <laughs> okay. That's a lot. <laughs> okay, that's a lot. But they're tall kids, I mean, and they don't look like they've they're done growing yet. It's okay. I, I'm pretty sure they are. They're 19 and 21, but right, they're six four and six six. So, so when the three of us are together, it looks ridiculous. It, it, well, I look ridiculous. They look fine. It looks like the London Bridge. They're the towers <laughs> the bridge in the middle. That's what it looks like. That's what I see when I look at that picture. But it's an amazing family photo. So Thank you. And, and absolutely awesome. I love the fact that your kids are athletes because that is going to drive them way far in life. It just, it is what it is. I mean, people who are athletes have that drive. They have a hunger. And they don't quit. And if they got a mother as stubborn as you, and they probably learned it, they're going to be stubborn and they'd have the drive not to quit. So, Well, and both my boys, um, they both had college scholarships to play basketball. Neither one ended up actually playing. Um, but you know, they had multiple uh, offers. And um, so, yeah, we'd been doing the 365-day-a-year basketball deal for a while, um, but you know, a lot of books and I'm going to, I'm going to mention one, um, and anybody listening to this, whether live or replay or whatever, um, should read this book. It's, uh, Tim Grover's Relentless. Tim Grover is, um, very well known for training Michael Jordan, but training Michael Jordan in more of a life coach sort of a situation not necessarily here, I'm going to show you how to dribble better, right? I'm going to show you how you can increase your free throw. I'm going to show you, you know, it's not like that. Um, he was very much uh, a coach who was instrumental in turning um, Jordan around. And, and Jordan readily says it. And he gained his notoriety from doing that. And um, I read his book because my son recommended it to me. And now I have recommended it to thousands and thousands of people specifically because of business. I, I mean, I, I like watching basketball. I really don't care anything about it personally. Um, <laughs> but I, I read books um, on sports because to me, it's that mindset. It's that success mindset. It's mm -hmm. the winning mindset. It's the perseverance mindset, mindset. It's the tenacity and the drive that you've got to have if you're going to be a successful business person. The first book I ever read in high school that really set me on the path of taking something from somebody else and then applying it was a book called Bo Knows Bo, the Bo Jackson story. Oh, wow. And that, that book, it, it, Writing it, down. It, it literally changed my life at that time because I went from a subpar average athlete to the next year being a state champion. Hmm. Just in the shift, the mindset shift, reading what he did and then applying the stuff that he did to what I was doing. So that, that what you're saying is absolutely true. I mean, read these books. I mean, and well, I, I can't remember if it was Tim Ferriss or who actually said it, but you know, they read constantly. It's, it's one thing that they do on a daily basis that, that keeps them on top of everything. It changes the shifts, the, their, their focus. It helps them focus clearer. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, folks, 
check these books out, Bo Knows Bows and uh, what was the other one called? Tim Grover's Relentless. Relentless, yes. Um, yeah, I've got one of Tim Ferriss's books behind me. Uh, you know, the most successful people read. And I'm not talking about books on tape. I'm sorry, I'm a former educator that is passive consumption of information. I don't care. I can, I, we can have a knockdown, drag out fight about audiobooks are better or just the same as. I got news for you, research shows, and I've always known as a teacher, they aren't. That is passive consumption. If you actually want to consume things as deeply and profoundly as you possibly can, get a book. Don't listen to somebody tell you a story. Get a book and read it. And then guess what? Then you've got the book forever and you can keep going back and you can take notes. And, you know, even if it's on your Kindle, you can highlight things. You can put in notes. If it's a real book, like I buy with pages that you can physically burn, <laughs> then bookstores out there. There are still bookstores. There for are. There really, really are. Um, then, you know, I highlight and I write in notes, all sorts of things. Um, I write notes all over my books, all over my books, and uh, which is why I end up not giving them away to anyone else because now I've completely ruined them for anyone else. But I do tend to reread a lot of the things. Um, or or you may add additional insight to somebody that that might be the one thing that they need to be able to take it. To the well, that's true. Like getting a used, tech, a used tech, textbook yeah. in, uh, in college, that's true. Well, that's always nice too. I, I <laughs> You hope that they've got the right answer. I passed a lot of classes with you. <laughs> I'm just going to say it like that. So uh, we are right now, we're coming up to the very end of the show. And uh, there's, a, there's a segment at the end of the show that I like to do. I completely ripped this off from inside the actor's studio with James Lipton. But he won't mind because he ripped him off from some guy over in France who ripped him off from a guy that is over in Czechoslovakia. So the, we're, I'm just continuing the trend. That's all I'm doing. Right. It's a good trend. Right. So, I mean, if it's good, steal it, right? That's what I, I well, don't. Borrow. Really don't. But you I mean, gave credit, so that was good. Yes. I like that you at least did that. So, are you ready? I'm ready. And I've, uh, just so you know, I have no idea what he's going to say. All right. Question number one. What is your favorite word? Oh, God. Uh... Grit. Question number two. What is your least favorite word? Fail. Yeah, I can see, yeah that, 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 I hate that word. Especially as an educator, I can see how that would be really a bad word. Um, the one well, when a child fails, it's the teacher's fault. I have news for you. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I failed the class and it's because I didn't do the work. No, <laughs> no. If no, the teacher. Okay. We're just putting these questions aside for a minute. Just like, okay, sidebar here. <laughs> I was telling you right now. And in this, once again, I'm not popular with coaches because of what I say. I was not always popular as I traveled around the country, giving tons of presentations to thousands of educators across the U S when I would say things like, if your students are not learning, it is your fault. But that is the God's honest truth. I don't care about IEPs. I don't care about undiagnosed and diagnosed learning disabilities and all these reasons that you think that kid's not learning. That kid's not learning because of you. Because when the right teacher comes along who's going to reach the kid in the way that he or she needs to be reached, guess what? Newsflash, 
they're going to learn. Go ahead, back to your words. All right, question, <laughs> question <laughs> number three. What turns you on? Oh, passion. What turns you off? Apathy. Wow, that's one I have not heard yet. That's mm. awesome. What sound or noise do you absolutely love? Um, rain. What sound or noise do you hate? A high-pitched scream. <laughs> oh, God, that drives me nuts. What? Well, that girls, of course. Well, <laughs> of course it does. It, I, well, I've got, uh, I've got tinnitus, so I've got this constant ringing in my ears anyways. Oh, but then God. I had a high-pitched scream to it. Oh, my uh-huh. God. Yeah, not a good day. What is your favorite curse word? Fuck. That's a pretty favorite among a lot of people. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, God. You know what? I have no idea. I've always done exactly what I wanted to do. So there's really nothing that I want to do. Otherwise, I'd be doing it. I'm sorry. I got nothing there. <laughs> I like it. I like that a lot. That was, that's a perfect answer for that, though. Really, it is. If, if you live in life that you love, you're trying the things that you enjoy. If you want to do it, just go after it. Perfect what? Perfect answer. And everybody can do that. Everybody can do that. So what profession, no matter how much they paid you, would you not like to do? Um, I wouldn't like to be a garbage collector, not because I'm afraid of germs, but because you have to be so strong to lift those things up. I, it would be really horrendous for me. Are you kidding me? The garbage man at my house doesn't even get out of the truck. He pushes a oh. button. The arm comes out, grabs it, lifts it up, dumps their trash halfway down our street. So I got to go pick it up the next day. Yeah. Uh-huh. And what you don't see is when that doesn't work out so nicely. <laughs> That's what you don't see. And you don't see them coming out of the truck. No. Profanities all around. It's two <laughs> degrees outside, right? They could not have more layers on. And they're having to go run around and collect and throw in. And it's a really, really physically difficult job. I don't want to hear about the claw on the arm and the whole <laughs> See, my, technology behind it because it does not always work that way. Yeah, my, my garbage collector doesn't do that. He just, he just folds his mirrors up and just dries fast. He doesn't want to see them fall out. That's, that's all he does. <laughs> Whatever works. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's that's the difference, though, between a $10 per hour uh, garbage man and a $20 per hour garbage man. The $20 an hour guy, he's going to get out and clean up the mess. The $10 guy, he's folding in the mirrors. That's all there is to it. The $20 an, uh, an hour guy also gets Christmas bonuses, he guaranteed. Does. And he also gets uh, Christmas presents left for him at the at the houses. Because we... we uh, that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they come in the way of an envelope. Sometimes other things could be a case of beer, whatever it is. <laughs> that $10 an hour guy, he ain't getting that. Yeah, no. He ain't no beer for you. I, I, go, I go straight up. <laughs> no beer for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final question. Here we go. Sure. 
If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I don't want him to say what took you so long because that means like I should have died earlier. Um, I'm happy you're here. Nice. Now, this is the part in the show that everybody loves. Everybody. Well, at least all the hosts do, or the, the guests do. I want you to take the next couple of minutes. Leave us with a couple of final thoughts and then tell everybody where they can catch you and watch your amazing live streams. Okay. So final thoughts is, are the following. Um, anybody can do what I'm doing. Anybody can do what Chris is doing. Anybody can do whatever it is that you want to do. You can do hundred percent. You can do whatever it is that you want to do. You might not have the resources right now. You might not have the physical equipment right now. You might not, you might not have the background knowledge that you need, but all of those things you can get. I mean, I started my business from scratch, literally $0 invested in my business. Chris and I were talking about um, equipment. Ha, huh, what a joke. Equipment um, and all this professional equipment, none of which I bought until I'd already been making money for two years. Uh, the only, I don't even have it here, it's in the other room. Um, the only equipment I had, I mean, I had my phone and I had my earbuds. And I, I did have an iPad and I had my laptop, but I already had those things. I already had all of that. So my microphone was that little microphone, it's about this big, on your Apple earbuds, if for those of you who are Apple people like me. Um, so that was it. That was my equipment. I had zero money to invest in my business. And guess what? I still was able to create a business. And anybody can do that. And I'm not saying anybody can do that because we're in America or anybody can do that because I belong to whatever political party because I don't belong to any of them. I'm saying that because it's the God's honest truth. It's not easy. Might take some effort. Might take a lot of effort but you can absolutely do it. So those are my words of wisdom or lack of wisdom. Um, and how can you reach me? Uh, you can go to bonnielfrank.com and that's my website. And um, you can also find me very easily and DM me on Twitter at bonnielfrank, B-O-N-N-I-E-L-F-R-A-N-K. All right. Well, I would like to take a minute here real quick to thank some of the amazing people who joined us. Uh, Lance Ripkin, my brother, thank you very much for joining us. Michael Yoakum, this guy is absolutely phenomenal. Go check out his page. Aline Tessier, thank you for joining us. Lynn Burnett, my cohort from, well, the other show. I'm going to tell you, it's Grit and Grace. And tomorrow night, we got another show coming at you. And it's a pretty good one. Carlos Phoenix, man, you're awesome. Carlos is amazing. He is amazing. He is awesome. Craig Keegan, thank you for joining us. Steve Lavoie, thank you. Cherie Kirk, I love this girl. She is awesome. Kelly Eversall, thank you for joining as well as Brand Linder. And uh, the, oh, wow. Chase Justice, Tara Dewey, Joshua White, Jason Walker. Wow. I mean, all these people are just amazing. I love them so much. You have no idea. Sorry, I got choked up there for a second. I got all the clumped. Yeah, no, it's just so tough. It's just so hard. <laughs> Kenneth Pan, thank you very much for joining. Jason Paquette, Mercy, and uh, Jenna Best, of course. I mentioned you at the beginning of the show, and I'm going to mention you at the end of the show because we always end with the best. So thank you very much, everybody, for checking this out. Until next week, next week's guest is going to be awesome. He is the creator 
of Comics Watching Comics. You're not going to want to miss this one. It's going to be a lot of fun and a lot of laughs. I have no doubt. So until next time, everybody, you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect solution. Bonnie, thank you very much for coming on the show with me. Thank you. It was a blast. This episode of Raw and Real has been brought to you by the Saloon 7 Studios in cooperation with the Ripka Media Group. Thanks for listening to Raw and Real with your host, C.J. Ripka.